Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. Today, it is just me. No, Sarah. However, I'm not alone. We have our first friend of the pod episode and our good friend Nat is here. Hello, Hello. favorite F word friends. Now, (laughs) some of you may know her via the way of the Instagram, but for most of you, you'll have no idea who she is because she lives in America and (laughs) we are parasocial besties. So we are. So I think today we're going to kind of, you know, have a bit more of a chatty episode, I think, because first, this is just like the first time Nat and I have seen each other's faces in a hot minute. So we're looking forward to chatting um, about all things, you know, like parasocial friendships, adult friendships. We'll talk obviously about fitness, nutrition, and all of that kind of good stuff, but also just like share a little bit of like, you know, the things we have in common and the things that we spend probably too much of our time voice memoing each other about every day all week (laughs) yes I can't wait um also I can't believe that we like I mean we vox her like daily so feels like we're in constant communication of sorts but haven't spoken face to face I don't think in like over a year really I think so that's so strange it's like the 21st century version of just like having a pen pal and just like writing letters like worn torn lovers yes <laughs> little audio letters yeah yeah I love it okay well before we like just dive in why don't you give everybody just a little more of an intro into like who the fuck is Nat <laughs> what does she do tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself whatever you want to share yeah. Hello, everyone. Um, as Nicholas so beautifully teed up, my name is Natalie. I also go by Nat. Um, and Nicola and I met through the Instagrams. Uh, I am a copywriter. And um, as you all know, Nicola is a fitness and nutrition coach. And once upon a time, we ran in the same circle of business online uh circle I I know I already said that but we're in the same circle and that's how we met (laughs) um and uh we uh I remember the first time I saw Nicola like on like a group call I was like I need to know who this girl is because she seems so put together and also just like really fucking cool I don't know pretty sure I took that that. zoom call from the floor of my bedroom so (laughs) I remember seeing you taking notes and I was like, damn, she's got her shit together. <laughs> that was probably the first and only time I took notes in one of those calls too. But yeah. I was like, maybe I'll need to know stuff later. Um, and the the manifestation came true. We connected and became parasocial besties, <laughs> which I'm so glad. 
Um, and, and, uh, yeah, so as a copywriter, um, Nicola and I and Sarah, we worked together, um, on some brand messaging and copy for Paradigm, which is super fun. And then um, I've also been working with Nicola as one of her nutrition clients for almost three years. It'll be three no, years. No, stop May. it. Yeah, almost <gasps> three years. Nutty. You are my longest living client. Really? Oh, that's sweet. That's so cool, actually. I'm make myself a trophy for that. <laughs> no, I should make you the trophy. <laughs> um that's so cool that's crazy though three years okay and going back to like how we met via like a a group coaching program do you remember though what it was like the first thing that made one of us I don't even remember who reach out to the other because we like had chatted a tiny bit like just obviously in the group call but then there was the moment in time where one of us reached out to the other via Instagram slid into the old dms and then it was kind of like Yeah, I think it was like a slow build of just like replying to stories and stuff and liking each other's Mm. posts. And then I don't know if we were chatting more frequently. I think we must have been because when I I think I reached out to you directly or maybe it was the Paradigm account about coaching. um, It was like we just knew that like we would be working together. So I don't remember if I reached out to you directly or how that worked, but um. I know that our, like, we've definitely ramped up in friendship once we started working together that way, just because we were in more constant contact. Yeah. Interesting. Cause in my mind, I'm like, oh, we were best friends first, but yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess not. Um, which is like very interesting. And I think something maybe we'll talk about too today is just like the idea of holding like these dual relationships and how for us, at least we have navigated like the friendship realm, the coaching realm it can be really messy when there's like an exchange of money when there's you know like different roles for people and you're trying to like step in and out of that so I think I think we should probably talk about that there's a lot to be said about the boundaries and I think um we've been asked to talk before about like adult friendships and I think ours is like a very interesting way to go about forming a friendship a little unconventional it is but it felt so natural and it didn't feel like weird or overstepping Mm -hmm. like ethics or anything like that it just felt like I said natural right like a good fit well do you want to talk about that right now I feel like that's a good segue into it so I mean yeah we can talk more about like your fitness and nutrition specifically but why don't we talk about like how we've kind of navigated living these these two relationships with each other yeah um I think that we I mean it it I personally haven't ever felt a struggle with it because as a service provider myself who, you know, has formed good relationships with clients who became friends, um, especially because we have similar values and like kind of a similar philosophy on, um, I would say business and life in general. Um, I think we fell into sort of like a natural rhythm of like, okay, now is the appropriate time to wear the coach hat and the client Mm -hmm. hat. Um, And now's the appropriate time for the friend hat, especially um, before, you know, opening up certain conversations or asking certain questions. We both typically will preface with like, hey, this is like, this is a friend thing or like, this is, um, you know, this is a, a client question. Like, do you have the space as a coach right now or um vice versa um mm-hmm. 
we've always done a good job of distinguishing that up front before diving right in um just so that we're in the right headspace Mm -hmm. I can even think of like this week where I was like literally put on my pretend hat in your check-in video I was like this is me as your friend and now I'm taking it off and this is me as your coach yeah I remember Um, that (laughs) yeah because it can be hard and I think we have I mean we've never had any major issues but I think we also have had moments where we're like second guessing ourselves like again this week I was like hey maybe I'm overthinking this maybe I'm not but I want you to know that like first and foremost I respect the shit out of the fact that you are a client and you deserve to be getting literally your money's worth from the service and if I'm blurring the lines too much like I need you to tell me um Mm -hmm. because it was starting to feel like maybe too friendy vibe on my end um so I think those conversations and check-ins have still been pretty important to us even though it's usually one of us getting in our head about it absolutely yeah I agree um and even like if it does feel like a good um and this you know applies with any sort of relationship even if it does feel like things are um in a good place I don't think it ever hurts to just do like a a check-in now and then like you just said like that sort of check-in just to make sure we're still on the same page and everything and um yeah I I was definitely not feeling any um I was still feeling great about our coach client <laughs> relationship and, and you're um I mean I you're the freaking bomb um you know you you provide such like thorough thoughtful check-ins and you take so much nuance and um uh just have like such a great outlook on things and bring different perspectives and I've always felt very supported by you as a client and as a friend um and in different ways so I mean, it makes it easy because you're so great but um I'm curious to like to that idea of like having check-ins in other relationships is that something you do with other friendships um with you know with friendships not as much um Rob and I definitely do that um which is super helpful um it you know, especially the, you know, the longer you've been married, we haven't been married very long, but, um, coming up on three years, it's, uh, especially navigating the last few years of the, just the goings on in the world, um, how that's impacted our lives and everything, um, that can, you know, feed into our relationships. So, um, that has been really important because otherwise, um, I'm, I know that I'm someone who's kind of afraid to bring things up sometimes, even if it isn't bad per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so just having the invitation to, to share and like create the space to talk about it is, um, helps me feel more brave to do so. Um, with friendships, I would like to do that more often, but sometimes it can feel a little forced with certain people. Like I think some friendships, it's like, um, a good component to incorporate, other friendships, it might not feel as natural or needed. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? How do you navigate those things? Yeah, it's interesting because there's certainly some friends that I have like a more specific check-in. Uh, Sarah and I do these quite frequently. I think both like scheduled, hey, let's touch base. It's usually more of like a, a positive wanting to make sure that the other one's needs are feeling met. And then her and I, of course, like we have a dual relationship running a business and being friends. We do a lot of like the, hey, I'm getting this vibe. And it's usually again, like a story we've told ourselves. 
the like we aren't showing up enough for the other one or that they're feeling like frustrated with us and so we do those like kind of impromptu check-ins um but I'm like happy that they're with you with Sarah um with a few of my other friends they're usually proactive and can usually like calm anything before it spirals but I don't know at the same time you and I have like maybe it's helpful because we don't like physically exist in each other's spaces but have been like a real resource for each other when we've been dealing with our own like friend group dramas or like conflicts with friends which I think we've both had quite a, a lot of in the past like two years yeah yeah certainly have and um that's a good point about us being like literally so far away from each other (laughs) like that definitely um you know changes things up a bit in terms of like I think that it it can make the um like those friend check-ins like more necessary because you get so much from like even just like seeing someone's facial expressions body language even like in this capacity like video call because we don't do that really um and you know with like texting or um even like a voice memo even though you can hear the inflection in someone's voice um it's it's uh it can leave some room for interpretation of like Mm -hmm. how that person's actually feeling or if there's like undertones of anything so direct check-ins and opening up conversation is has been really good I think for Mm -hmm. us and I'm curious too like this is I'm surprised at myself that I haven't really talked to too many people about this but I'm curious like as adults what the frequency is of like people who do these kind of check-ins or even just to know sometimes when we've had like periods with like friends and told each other about them and we're like oh like I just feel like I've done something wrong or like we're in a conflict and it feels so much worse than a, a different kind of conflict with anybody else in your life and I just feel like in those moments I'm always like shouldn't shouldn't we be over this is this not it feels like is it high school to be in conflicts with your friends um and I think maybe that's just because people don't talk about it as much Mm -hmm. but it's like any other relationship like you're going to be in conflict with friends yeah and honestly I I mean it's probably different for everyone but to me like friend conflict is way worse than romantic partner Mm, I agree I agree it makes me feel so sick to my stomach (laughs) it's the worst really though and like I don't know what that is is it because like you're you don't have those other ties like yeah and I think like with a again it's so different for everyone but like with a romantic partner who you're in a like a healthy relationship with um I feel like it's it like the barriers are lower to especially if you're living together or coexisting or just with each other a lot um the barriers are lower to opening up those conversations and like there's like a meme I saw recently that was like um my girlfriend uh noticed that my breathing pattern was off and asked me like what was wrong because she could sense that my breathing was different um so like it's just like when you are around someone so much um and have yeah like that like different sort of connection as romantic partners it just seems I don't know I it just seems a little bit easier to pick up on those things and to like talk about especially if you're invested in the longevity of the relationship um but with friendships I mean you're not like legally bound or you're not um 
you know, seeing mm-hmm. them as, as often, um, you know, you have other things going on, you have, you know, um, your work, your family, your, um, you know, separate romantic partners, whatever it is. Um, and especially as we get older, it could be tougher to stay in more frequent contact with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can ebb and flow. And even those ebb and flows, ebbs and flows alone can cause, questioning or potential conflict there's mm-hmm. just so much to yeah it. and it like becomes easier to retreat if you are mm-hmm. yeah very easy to let things like go and I mean I don't want to like put a stereotype out there but I've often heard from like male friends that the way women are in conflict with each other is so much more like psychological it's so much more like deep there's so much more turmoil and where for a lot of like men we watch them in conflict and it's just like very brief very abrupt and then sometimes it's physical sometimes it's like verbal and it's over and they're like back to normal but I feel like a female friendship at least the ones I'm in when like things go awry it's still such a messy process to rebuild and I don't know if you ever really get back to the exact plane you were on before but I imagine for a lot of people it actually like deepens and so it's like constantly in like a metamorphosis yeah no that's that's a really good way to put it and even like when I've had friend conflicts in the past and have talked to Rob about it my husband you know I've explained things to him and then he always just like summarizes in such a simple way he'll be like okay so they're feeling like this and this is like your reality of the situation and he'll explain in like two short sentences yeah meanwhile it'll be like 20 minutes to like hash it all out with him and I'm like well when you put it that way I guess it seems a lot simpler than it really is <laughs> but I'm like it's not though you don't understand yeah 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 I mean that all said I mean no wonder it's like we hear from so many people that like oh it's very hard to make friends as an adult Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can, it can be, especially like just, you know, like where you're at in your, in your life um, or like the number of people you're already like maintaining friendships with or other relationships. Um, like I know some people are like, I'm not really in the market for new friends because I can hardly keep up with the people yeah. that I have. And totally. I've definitely felt that way too. Um, but I think you and Sarah have had this conversation before, or maybe I'm thinking of Benchtopia, which we'll definitely <laughs> talk about later, or both. But um, like, not every friend has to be like a super deep relationship. Like, you can have, um, you know, friends that you know, like you can have your gym friends. You can have, um, you know, who's like that your relationship exists in those four walls of the gym. Um, you can have your your school friends or work friends, whatever. And not every relationship has to be cultivated to be like a best forever friendship right the deepest most intimate pieces Mm -hmm. of each other shared yeah 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 it's like I think yeah Sarah and I have definitely talked about this like not putting friendships on the hierarchy like not saying one Mm -hmm. type of friendship is better than another but just like you know uh there's a layer of gratitude I think being able to acknowledge like how grateful you are for uh, I don't like saying like the role someone serves or like the purpose they have but truly I think like we have friendships because they fit like mm-hmm. a certain like piece that we are seeking and not every friendship is going to fit in the same way yeah but exactly and just think about how exhausting that would be too to have like 
the deepest most intimate friendship with like 25 people like maybe that's that's <laughs> um you know within someone's capacity but it's certainly not within mine <laughs> so hey, but that's so funny because I was literally just thinking but what is it about me that ma- tries to make most of my friendships go there <laughs> oopsies no but that's that's so love, true you love all the feelings I know but like you're totally right and now that I'm thinking about it I'm like okay I definitely have friendships that are not those um but even in saying that I'm like I just need to like remind myself that just because they're not doesn't mean they're not like they're lesser or anything mm-hmm. yeah yeah um what would you say to a person who is like man I'm really struggling to like create new friendships Ooh, great question um I'm going to steal this from Rob. So he was never like a dating app person. He was always of the mind, like I'm going to meet someone or just people in general that are aligned with me based on, you know, the places that I frequent and like what I like to do. So um, if you are, you know, living, um, you know, doing the things that bring you joy and like are authentic to you, like whether that be you know, specific style of training, or if you um, are like into like intramural sports or something, or um, if you really like media and film, whatever, going to shows like um, concerts, whatever, if you're doing the things that you enjoy doing, then you're more likely to meet people who also enjoy doing those things and are aligned with you in some way. Um, like I've found a lot of, most of my new adult friendships are from the gym. Um, and you know, we're all very aligned and have similar values and things that we enjoy doing. Um, so it doesn't have to just apply to dating, I think with friendships too. And the internet helps too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one could never have guessed that we would become this close via the internet, but that is definitely a tool at your fingertips. So like slide into people's DMs, tell them you think they're cool, ask Mm -hmm. them to be your friend and then set up a voice memoing app for yourselves because (laughs) I think our relationship would be very different if we had only been like messaging, texting. I agree. Like the, it just feels a lot more real. When you like hear someone's Mm -hmm. voice and like are able to converse that way, even though it's not like in real time back and forth, sometimes it is, but yeah, yeah, that's always exciting. Like, oh, you're here. Um, but like the feeling of like, I wake up later because of our time change. So I'll wake up and have like a seven minute voice memo from Nat. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a great way to start the day. That's how I do. Like if you voice memo me at night and I'm already in bed or like I'm about to be asleep or something then it's like when I'm on my morning walk I get my own little mini personal podcast before I get <laughs> into my other podcast yeah or like driving to and from the gym is a big time we both voice memo each other like we've wrapped it's up different. our day we're pissed off at something we're like <laughs> I just need to get this off my chest before I get to x or y place yes yeah it's beautiful um my last thought is like what if you're a really shy person what Mm. advice would you give to someone who's like really shy or like nervous to be the one to reach out or just like doesn't like is nervous to go to new places I think that's a big one that is a big one um 
And I've definitely felt that way myself. So let me think. I think it I think it helps if you can still frequent the the places that like of where things are happening, activities mm-hmm. that you enjoy. But if you already have someone in your life that you um are, you know, you share that thing in common, if you can go someplace together with with a person, um, or if that's not an option frick (laughs) it is tricky um I think that that's where again like the internet can really help because the it just it takes a little bit of like the pressure off and you can um sort of build a relationship over time it doesn't have to feel as like in the moment or high stakes because at the end of the day if if a if someone that you might think you could get along with or build a friendship with over the internet, if you find out over time that you're not actually a good friend fit, then you can just kind of stop talking, not necessarily ghosting, but you know, it just fizzles out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, or like if you have a friend who invites you to go do something even if it's outside of your comfort zone or something you haven't tried before a place you haven't been um even if you like the introvert in me my first instinct is usually to always say no (laughs) oh totally yeah but you know sometimes saying yes it can really pay off so um just meeting friends through other friends I've definitely benefited from that Mm -hmm. as well um and if you like not again again it really depends on the environment but um like my gym environment is so friendly and welcoming and everyone really makes an effort to make new people mm-hmm. feel welcome and incorporated and included in the culture so finding places with you know just really a good environment I think helps a lot too so that they can sort of break the barrier for you oh here's goose back from her chili walk yeah and I think like if all else fails you know slip someone a note do you want to be my friend yes no maybe yeah because the worst thing they can do is laugh and say that was cute yeah yeah um, I love but yeah um okay well I mean that's like the friendship side of everything do you want to talk about like who you are in the world of fitness and nutrition do you want to tell us more about yeah. like the online biz and what you've been up to there where are you feeling um, let's let's talk about nutrition and fitness stuff okay yeah um so my background there I you have, have to say your fitness lineage this is so yeah. funny in this my little note she wrote is quite long um so in high school I played well even before high school like when I was a kid and a teenager I played volleyball so I did some sports in high school and I didn't write this down in our Google Doc, but um, every semester of high school, I took, instead of gym, I took aerobics. Um, so we did like step aerobics and stuff oh like that. And P90X, we would do that in class too. In class? Yeah. So you were just and doing then, those like five minute ab sessions in class. Or like a, a full ass like P90X for like 45 minutes and then not showering and then going to other Incredible. classes. Um, so I did that. And then I had a friend who was into Zumba and she got me into Zumba. I would do that after 
um, after school and high school. And then when I got to college, I really started going hard on, on working out. I got into running for the first time and lifting light weights. Like I think I touched no more than like 10 pound dumbbells, but I would, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, remember I would like go to the gym and run the inside track, um, Monday through Friday. And then like on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, I would do uh leg day after with my 10 pound dumbbells. And then on Tuesdays, right, right, Thursdays, right upper body day with the dumbbells and like leg day was probably like lunges wall sits yeah lunges wall sits squats like calf raises things like that love it (laughs) whatever I whatever I learned from aerobics class would have been very good workout buddies because I too ran the indoor track and then would stop and do some like quote-unquote weights oh yeah yeah that was that was the vibe that was the uh I also took an aerobics class in um, my freshman year of college too, and we learned the bye 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 and sync dance. <laughs> <gasps> That's like actually so sweet. Do you think you yeah. would still do it? Oh hell no, I oh, do damn. not remember it at all. No, that was twelve years ago at this point, so I don't remember. Right, thirteen years ago. Um, and then I found Insanity. Hey, like what the, is that? The Beach Body Program with Sean T. Have you ever, you've never uh, heard of that? I've heard oh, of like a beach girl. body program, but like you literally spelled it all out in all caps. And I'm like, that's so scary. Yeah. It's like, that's like how it's, that's how it's uh, formatted. You'll have to look it up. Um, it's literally all body weight hit. Like you're just like jumping and like, it's literally insane as I say. Um, and it's like a 60 day program. Um, I did that and got so into it that I became certified to teach it. <gasps> what? Yeah. So I taught, I did group fitness classes for that at Grand Valley State University where I went to school and the city of Grand Rapids parks and recreation. And I taught that class for this, the parks GR. Oh my and God. Then- and was it called insanity with Nat? <laughs> it was just, yeah, kind of basically. <laughs> Um, and then I also like would teach it or do group fitness classes of that at, um, like certain apartment complexes and stuff. Um, so I was doing that. And then I think it was my sophomore, junior year of college. I took like a, a weightlifting class, but not like Olympic weightlifting, um, like lifting weights, learning how to use the barbell and everything. And that was my, my intro to that, which has really been, um, a cornerstone of my training for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for whatever reason, I had like a yoga only phase for like a year, year and a half. I was just doing hot yoga constantly. Um, and then I um, took my group fitness instruction to a place in Grand Rapids called Flex City Fitness, which no longer exists, but it was like Orange Theory style training. We had spin bikes, treadmills, and then would do like a different style of training for like floor exercises. Like we had TRX, BOSU balls, dumbbells, kettlebells, resistance bands. We would do bars sometimes. And we had scooters too. Like scooters. the ones, that, yeah, like the ones you would use in gym that are like, like in elementary school that are just like, a little square on some wheels oh the ones that everybody ruined their fingers with yes yes exactly like we would use those like we would do like lunges with the scooter abs with the scooter (laughs) amazing 
Yeah. So I was doing those like six days a week and I was just, I was like sprinting all the time on those treadmills, running on like crazy inclines. Um, so I was teaching those classes and doing them like six days a week and it completely fucked up my internal systems. But um, yeah, I did like, like, I'm thinking like, what's your mindset in like going through all these? Like, I think a lot of people, a lot of like our clients have come from a background of like going from one thing, being really invested in a certain type of workout and then either falling out of love with it lifestyle changes or whatever but like are you able to think back and walk us through like why you like would make these changes was it a matter of like circumstance was it a matter of like goals that's a great question with going into insanity I remember like from running to insanity I remember like my cousin introduced me to it and I think I got like really invested in that because well, initially the first time I did it, I lost a good amount of weight doing it. And mm. I thought that I, it was like just the most like badass thing you could do because of how hard it was. So I, I literally did that program over and over and over again for like two or three years. Like I would just start it over as soon as I would finish it. Um, so, but then like I got really, really exhausted um, and was having like some injuries and stuff, which is why I started doing yoga. And then I was like yoga only because mm. it was like kind of the complete opposite of yeah. insanity. Um, and it felt really Truly, good. Even by name. <laughs> yes, literally even by name. Um, and then I kind of went to the extreme again from going from yoga to back to flex city um, with like the, the hit styles training, um, which was just is essentially insanity with uh, monostructural equipment <laughs> instead of all body weight stuff. Um, but I then went back to bodybuilding um, style training when I started working with uh, a nutrition coach for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, the first nutrition coach I worked with. Um, and I was very adamant at first of like, I don't want to change up my style of training. And she was like, you know, like you can, you can train however you want, but highly recommend not doing hit six days a week. And instead go, you know, trying to, you know, lifting some weights, incorporating strength training in. And then I finally gave it a try. And I remembered why I loved it so much when I took that class in college. So well, I came back to that, did bodybuilding style workouts for um, like three years. And then the pandemic hit and I was doing mostly um, things at home, of course, just like everyone else, as much as I could with, um, I had a, a, one of those like um, kettlebells that changes weights. That was mm -hmm. the, only, the only equipment I had. Um, so I was doing mostly bodybuilding stuff and then whatever I could do with that kettlebell that ranged from eight pounds to 40 pounds. Oh, wow, um, that's a decent range. Yeah. It goes like eight, 15, 20, 25, 35, 40, I think. So yeah, not bad. Well, and then now you're kind of like in a world where you've kind of meshed those things together, like still dabbling with CrossFit a little bit, lots yeah. of like only lifting and what's your mindset now? Yeah, I, um, so the whole reason I even started at the gym I'm at now, which is not technically affiliated with CrossFit, um, but it is essentially a, a CrossFit functional fitness gym. Um, I started there because they were, um, 
offering outdoor classes during the summer of 2020 when gyms couldn't be open indoors, but they could be open outside. And um, a friend of mine uh, was saying that the gym she goes to, like they have powerlifting club and it's, you know, very similar to um, some of the stuff I was seeing with bodybuilding. So to give that a try. So that was sort of my gateway. I did powerlifting club for a couple of years, then started doing personal training because I saw some other people in the gym, like, you know, doing the CrossFit classes and Olympic weightlifting. And I was really curious to learn how to do those things. So I started personal training for a year to learn how to do some of that. And then I eventually worked up the confidence to do CrossFit. I was very intimidated by it. I had a short stint of CrossFit in college, but it was literally like two months, if that, um, and it had been a long time. I was, I was just really nervous to do it. I don't know why it's just, it, it can be an intimidating. It's a new, yeah. And it's another new thing, even yeah, though and you have already come from doing like 12 other kinds of fitness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, negative connotations with CrossFit. Um, I don't know if they exist as much today as they used to. Um, oh, I think people have like, just kind of forgotten about CrossFit in general like it's become yeah here at least it's just become so not as like big as it was I don't know oh interesting I guess you know there really aren't that many CrossFit gyms in Grand Rapids either there's like four that's a lot well in my mind wait what's the population of Grand Rapids like I think like over a million Oh, what the fuck? I did not think like, it was for, like, that the metro For like the metro area, I think, yeah. Like, wow, the Grand okay. Grand yeah. I did not know if that, if that big. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I'm curious like to these like maybe notes you wrote below it of like your noticings throughout each of these. Because again, like when we go through like all of these transitions with like our fitness and like we know it's very common for most women at our age to have tried different diets different ways of eating different like lifestyles and I think there's this idea that like for everybody the goal is weight loss or that's at least what we see as Mm -hmm. problematic when we're trying all these different things with that one goal that elusive like weight loss goal Um, but I think some of your noticings here about like some of these transitions are really helpful to hear. Yeah. Um, so when I was primarily doing that hit focus training with insanity and orange theory type stuff, I was definitely in my smallest body at that time, but I was having a ton of biofeedback issues, um, primarily with, um, my digestion. I was hella constipated all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good week if I could poop like two or three times in a week. I was very typically only going once or twice a week. That is, I know it's horrible. so. I'm so sad for past me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I also had when I was a kid, I was on a daily antibiotic for like seven years. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was, there was a lot of effects there, just kind of trickling down from years of that that I was seeing in my early twenties and teens. Um, but the, the style of training definitely wasn't helping. And, um, at one point in time, my longest streak without pooping was 16 days and it was, yeah. When I finally, I don't know if I was taking, I swear I was probably like taking a laxative and it just wasn't working. But whenever it finally did, like I literally weighed myself before and after, and it was a five pound difference. (laughs) 
it was a like very it. scary and may yeah. i share something that you've been sharing with me over the past year which is your yes. your count yeah okay so share. to like to hear that and then over the course of this last year nat has been tracking how many poops she's had in the last year and she messaged me and she's like late december she's like i'm so close to hitting 600 poops this year and i've never been happier because to hear yes. the girly who used to poop you know once every 16 days not that that was often but like had once upon a time gone that long to now be crossing the threshold of 600 in a year like that that's a major win for everybody. yeah that's a that's a huge transformation yeah i ended with 608 poops in 2023 <laughs> which is this amazing is just like just girly shit yeah just girly just girly shit that is a 1.67 per day average which is very so impressive um and yeah like I think it was a couple of weeks ago you mentioned that in a check-in or something like how big of a even like since when we first started working together a few years ago it was not that good like I wasn't um it wasn't nearly as infrequent as it was years ago but it still wasn't like a daily occurrence I would mm -hmm. say um so even in just the, you know, almost three years we've been working together, there's been huge progress. And a lot of that is because of the style of training I'm, I'm doing, you know, I've got a really good balance of, um, CrossFit about four days a week. And then, um, like Olympic lifting once a week, I'm in a powerlifting club right now or course rather. Um, but I'm not doing two a days most of the time. Um, God. yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, putting my body through the, through the ringer with my training. I have a very good balance with things. My sleep overall is fantastic. Um, you know, sleeping at least seven and a half hours a night. Most, most times, if not like eight and a quarter hours per night or more. Um, I am not cutting out food groups or specific foods because it of whatever the hell the internet says. Um, and I am recovering well. Um, I drank fuck ton of water. Um, I just overall, like, even though I am not in that, that size body anymore, I overall, I would say I'm the healthiest I've ever been in a biofeedback way. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I can hang in CrossFit. I'm making PRs, multiple PRs a week. Like truly um, it's, I'm, I lose track. I won't yeah. lie. Yes. The, um, the gym I use uses Wattify for like scheduling and whatnot. And there's even like a Wattify wrapped now, like how there's Spotify. Yep. Like yep. Every single app does like a wrapped. And for the last two years, I've been like in the top three at the gym for number of PRs in a year. <gasps> what? That's so sick. I oh, think I in like 2022, that. I was the number one, I had the number one record for PRs. And then this year I was like in the top three still, but. Ooh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been just much more sustainable. And I kind of had, as you could tell from my lineage that I listed off a while ago, um, I've, I had a history of bouncing around a lot with, with training, but this is like the longest I've ever done a certain type of training and it I'm not sick of it because it's sustainable and enjoyable and you know there's enough variety variety in it while also being functional and just something that feels good and mm -hmm. and like something about when you find something where you're excited by being challenged by it I think is like huge 
like mm-hmm. to for example in olympic lifting once you're like into it it's a lot of the same a lot a lot mm-hmm. a lot of the same but there's so many small little like tweaks and nuances to the movements to perfect everything and it it's really interesting to me when people are so like keen to develop those tiny little things that like maybe other people wouldn't notice or that we might think might not make a big difference but like what is it there that keeps us like oh I have to just like fix like the way my elbows are or you know my yes. mobility or the timing the of my pull <laughs> yeah it's just like really cool to like um be so passionate about something that like we're caring about those tiny little details so much and I think that's like such a cool thing to have developed it is it is yeah and um it same thing with like crossfit and functional fitness too like there's so many different skills within that that um you know you can focus on like there was a point in time where I was in gymnastics club for about a year because that's definitely my weakest part of training is anything body weight gymnastics related um and that the skills there really translate nicely over into Olympic weightlifting too with body control and everything. Um, so there's just so many different areas you can focus on. So like, if you feel ever like an itch of like boredom or anything, um, there's always something, you know, new to work towards or improve on or dial in, um, which is very exciting and keeps it Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and just like, a nice gentle reminder that like you know oftentimes we find ourselves healthier and having more fun and feeling better when we're not absolutely crushing ourselves with fitness so there's that that I'll just pop in there um just being mindful of time before we wrap up I do want to talk about a common love that we have which is media yes please I'm I'm so ready to talk about media okay but (laughs) So we have a lot of shared interests and I think that like mm, Bingetopia, our fave pod has like yeah. really like also been a huge thing in our friendship because it it was something we talked about early on and then a new episode would come out and we would like rehash it and we've watched like the hosts of this podcast evolve too and we always comment on how young they are and how annoyingly <laughs> fucking smart they are. Um, but like beyond Bingetopia, what else are you into? And like, why are you into media? Why do you think you like, love it so much um that's a that's a really good question I um I've always enjoyed tv specifically like more than movies like tv shows and and you know since podcasts became more prevalent in the last like few years into that because I I enjoy listening to dialogue and people talking I don't know why I prefer tv over movies because there's dialogue in both but um I just I really enjoy that like over music um a lot of times um, because there is just so much more variety in like what people can discuss versus like mm. certain music that you're into. Obviously, there's so many genres and artists and whatever to discover, but I don't know. That's just where my preference lies. Um, as far as podcasts go, I have a whole schedule of yeah, podcasts. Yeah, you do. So on Mondays, it's Drama Queens Day, which is the One Tree Hill Rewatch pod, which you and Sarah, I think you mentioned to Sarah, like in the 2023, like wrap up podcast. Oh, yeah. That- that was yeah so Sarah if you're listening to this you should definitely listen to that podcast since you just redid um or rewatched One Tree Hill in 2023 um I love that one um on Tuesdays I listen to um the Kristen Cavallari Park podcast I was a big um really uh, yeah I was a big Laguna Beach person and 
I love Kristen Cavallari. Um, so I listen to her podcast and she like goes into, it's called let's be honest. Um, and she has guests on like every other week or so. Um, but on the solo episodes, she like goes into like her dating life and she really like doesn't hold back at all, which I really appreciate the, um, like how forthright she is, um, especially as like a public figure celebrity type person. Um, she really like, it feels like you're just talking to a friend or you're hearing a friend talk about their life, which is interesting. And then my outside of uh, Binge-topia, my other two favorite podcast series are Drop Your Buffs, which Nicola also introduced me to. Um, it's like a- sheer mistake, really. Yes. Yeah. I um, Because, you know, recently, like when all the podcasts were on hiatus for the holidays, I went back through some of their old episodes to... to um, because I started rewatching White Lotus season one. So I wanted to see if they did any White Lotus season one um, recaps or um, listen to more of their season two recaps, but they really only did two episodes of recapping White Lotus Mm. season two. Interesting. So um, they're a Survivor podcast. I'm huge into the show Survivor. (laughs) Which Um, is like the funniest thing about you. I know. And honestly, that obsession didn't start until like two years ago because a good friend of mine had a survivor themed 30th birthday party, which I was the runner up winner. I lost by one vote. Um, and, uh, I love their podcast. Um, it's hosted by Sean Ross and then Evan Ross Katz, who's a pretty big Instagram figure and he's just hilarious and has great takes on pop culture. Um, and then along my, along the lines of the love I have for pop culture is the beyond the blinds podcast. They talk about celebrity blind items, which is essentially like anonymous gossip or insight into celebrity lives. And they do like a pop culture kiki every week, um, (laughs) which is fun. Um, so, and those come out on a variety of days. So really I only have like one or two days a week where a new podcast isn't dropping. So I am always lincing. (laughs) She's lincing. She's lincing. Um yeah I mean I have the same in that was it the wrapped episode yeah and I listed like uh a very short list of what is a extremely long list of podcasts but I don't think I'm as like um scheduled as you because some of my podcasts are like just ones where I like when they discuss a topic I'm interested but I won't like listen weekly yeah um, but I too, like Friday, I was saying Friday is a good day for my podcast because the, oh, yes. uh, the tech one I listen to comes out, the political one I love, or one of the politics uh, podcasts I love comes out and a search engine, which is like just a great one comes out. So Friday is a good day for pods. Love um, that. Yeah. What is your favorite episode of Binchtopia? Oh, okay. Wait, for people who don't know, and honestly, I've mentioned it so many times and it's yeah <laughs> it hurts my soul that you haven't gone and listened to it but it's two girlies they're what now we they've been podcasting for three years and I think when they started Eliza was 20 yeah and Eliza's was like is like this week or something oh yeah, of I course saw. you know yeah so, so like she's very young they're in their early 20s and yeah. these two girls are so fucking wise they are like very gen z yes in like their language and I'm obsessed with it I think it's so funny how they talk they have um like they've been criticized for having like so much vocal fry but honestly like I love it I think it's so funny Nat and I share so many much of the same lingo now between the two of us because no one else gets it but they cover (laughs) like they have this knack for picking the most 
sometimes mundane or kind of like passed over topics that we talk about in daily life and just like just going deep 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 into the history into the psychology into like the intricacies and intersections of like these topics in such a cool way while also interspersing like their strange vibes the comedy (laughs) their own hot takes and I just like love them so they're very very good again if you haven't listened just please for the love of god do it um I think one of what was it called panic at the gender disco gender panic at the disco um but it was really all about the work of Judith Butler and like exploring gender identity and how we've come to see it in like our society and I think I just learned so much from it and it was also like the first time I was introduced to a lot of topics that I thought I knew a lot about and was like whoa okay cool 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 and then really got into it from there but they also have just some hilarious episodes where they'll go through like the am I an asshole threads on reddit and pick ones (laughs) <laughs> and the first one that they ever did where they talk about the guy with the six inch sub oh I my can god just, that is so I, or the 12 inch sub I cannot see a sub sandwich without thinking about that like that is definitely a top three yeah like I was absolutely cackling yeah. and they're like they're episodes I will re-listen to over and over and over yeah. again because there's either some like term that they've used that I'm like, oh, I forget what that is and have to like re-explore it or because I just like get to kiki and laugh. Yes, it's the best. I I really appreciate a, a pod that has evergreen content in that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And it also makes me humble because I'm like, fuck, I was not discussing these topics when I was their age. I was uh, doing far less productive things with my life. Let's just say that. Yeah, Eliza's about to be 23. I think oh, I was that's... still like heavy into Tumblr, which they do talk about that's... a lot. But I was I was on Tumblr, like basically just sharing softcore porn on my blog. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing. Love that. I was what, doing what insanity was... in my living room for the 700th time. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Yeah, so media is a thing. And I think I have been, I don't know about you, but I have definitely been in seasons of my life where I've judged myself for how much media I consume. But at the same time, I'm at a place now where I'm like, no, fuck that. It brings me so much joy. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It's absolutely, I consider it like a hobby. It's an area of Mm -hmm. interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw, you know, a comparison online that was like, if you know, like why, what is the difference between being into like pop culture um, than like being into sports? Like mm-hmm. there's really, like, why is that so much more accepted than like being into pop culture? And it's true, damn it. <laughs> yeah, probably because it's a girly thing. Yeah. We're not supposed to like anything. Um, But yeah, I think too, it's like not, I don't categorize it as the same as social media because it's not people in my circle I'm like learning about the outside world and mm-hmm. no judgment to people who want to learn about the outside world of like celebrities but I'm we're also listening to like political takes and like how I think pop culture gets a bad rep for being all about celebrities but it really is like kind of 
uh, a mirror for like what society is like going through at the time. And so I think adjusting even how I think about my consumption of it has really helped me not only reduce the judgment, but be like, no, I like actually really fucking love this. Yeah, absolutely. I same. And um, yeah, the like all the 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 variety of media that we consume like I mean the just the few podcasts you listed off it's like so many different topics right there and even like within Benchtopia like they cover so many different Mm -hmm. topics that I would never think to look deeper into that I actually found really interesting um like the heterosexuality is a trauma response episode is yes that one is up there and even just like the episode they just released was about like uh America's fixation with the idea of a makeover yes and I was so into um what not to wear when that show exactly exactly (laughs) and like the way they talk about how that was just commentary on like what where we're at in society and what we value and like the story we're told about like what's good and what's not like it's just it's so much more than just like what a celebrity is doing even though there's some funny things in that realm too so yeah yeah it's like it's a different form of art I think and I'm it is embracing it yeah 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 so I love that. it. And I, I cannot thank you enough for bringing Benchtopia into my life <laughs> and drop your buffs. Yeah, true. <laughs> I listened to one episode and was like, you'll like this. And then you went and yeah. were like, oh, actually, it's amazing because yeah, it's Survivor. Now I'm a Patreonite, so, or a patron. <laughs> How many uh, patron Patreon accounts do you subscribe to or how many mem- memberships do you have? I have three memberships. I have Benchtopia, Sweet Angel Baby. Um, yeah. I have Drop Your Buffs. And I only have one tier, so I'm that one. And then Beyond the Blinds, I am like their entry tier as well. So I just don't do like monthly Zooms with them or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, I love my okay. bonus content. They feed me. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah, I only subscribe to two. Bingetopia and uh, Edge of the Coach, which is a podcast for therapists. So Oh, cool. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so I think we should wrap it up. And in your favorite F-word fashion, we have to close with a uh, fuck yes and a fuck no. So I don't know. You wrote down two. Do you want to do both a fuck yes and a fuck no? Do you want to just do a fuck yes? Do you want to just do a fuck no? Where's oh, yeah, your you heart? And Sarah, you and Sarah usually choose just one. Yeah, but I don't yeah. have any ideas for either of them. So you start with whatever oh, you want okay. and I'll fill in the blank. Sure. Um, I might deviate from the ones I wrote down here. So my fuck yes is going to be um, hibernating. I am in a real hibernation season right now. Um, and usually like by the time like August runs around, I get rolls around, I get so preemptively scared for winter because I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be so depressed. Like it's going to be so gray, which it is like Grand Rapids is like one of the grayest cities in the world or something. Um, but I'm like really embracing it this season, which I really am finding refreshing. I've taken like, you know, I just feel good about like having my own little personal winter and just being good with like my routine and being chill at, at home and, and my, you know, like the three things I do every day. It feels great. <laughs> um, I love that, especially after a very busy, you know, December holiday season and just 2023 in general. So it feels good to to move slowly. Um, so that's my fuck yes. My fuck no is PMS. I'll leave it at that. PMS. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start bleeding immediately. <laughs> uh, I think most people can relate to that and a timely one considering the episode prior to this. Sarah and I talked about 
uh, menstrual dysfunction. So if you haven't oh, listened to that, that episode, one. that yeah. one will come out. Um, oh yeah, I guess we're recording this before we release it. This is what happens when Sarah's like, let's record more episodes before we release <laughs> them as I get confused as to what I'm supposed to say. Um, okay, well, I'll introduce this one as a fuck maybe. Something we're oh. curious about. What am I curious about? Oh. Okay, I'm curious now about my relationship with my phone and not like media in general but just like how uh, available I've become on it and I'm curious to see like with my new year's resolutions in order and my goal to not have my phone in the bedroom and now I'm like hyper fixating on other things instead of my phone oh like what well like my book oh yeah okay and like to a lot of people I'm sure like the book fixation is like more productive or better and I agree I think it is and yet I still find that I'm like searching for things to like be focusing on I can't just like be still so I'm wondering like how that will unfold if I'll constantly feel like I have to fill the void or if I'll eventually be like no the void is my friend right I think the I think the benchies I've talked about that too like 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 essentially like replacing Mm -hmm. phone like scrolling with a book like it's still like it's still maybe like a distraction or something that you are like hyper fixating on but it is going to be something that's more beneficial Mm -hmm. to you so at least it's a healthier replacement yeah I'm slowly depleting the like high dopamine spike cycle I was on and just getting back into a regular rhythm yeah I mean what were like the girlies in 1500 whatever year hyper fixating on (laughs) oh my god that's so true because there's no way they couldn't just hyper fixate on something while they were you know in the like I'm so bad at history what are people doing in the 1500s (laughs) like getting firewood churning butter yeah foraging did we forage I don't know anyways yeah you would have to be thinking about something yeah or not forge I was how many butchers how many pounds of butter can I forge today I said how many pounds of butter can I churn today uh, the binchies who are foraging for butter bless them yeah <laughs> okay well uh thanks again for joining us today that was kind of like a different vibe from what Sarah and I usually do which is always fun and we'll have uh, more guests ahead so thank you for being our bravest soldier our uh, first first friend of the pod thank you so much for having me and I really hope this is gonna sound so funny and creepy but I really hope to hear from the short redhead (laughs) because I love when you share her stuff and hello short redhead I have looked at your Instagram stories before too so I'm just excited to learn more about you (laughs) see look at us creating more parasocial relationships Jen meet Nat Nat meet Jen Jen maybe she'll be a friend of the pod someday soon she'll have to be censored a lot but maybe she'll be maybe she'll be on (laughs) um that's beautiful what a great way to end hey well thanks again everybody thank you matt i'll voice memo you probably in the next hour and we'll see you later bye bye